All right, everybody. My name is Zach Dillon. I'm the student pastor here at Radiant Church. We are at Arise Shine Conference 2019 in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I'm here with Jeff Gurnell. Um, he is a veteran youth pastor. We just finished a session at the conference, and we are going to be taking a live Q&A time. Um, we have a live audience here, so look at that. Fantastic. We're ready to go. Good. Thank you, Zach, for the opportunity. And what we're going to do is just throw it open to the audience, and they have a question. They're going to come up to the microphone, and then we're going to spend about a minute to 90 seconds on each one. And uh, so, by the way, you can find this at the Radiant Network, okay? This will be posted by the end of the month at the Radiant Network. Also, on my website at uh, youthology.com, Y-T-H-O-L-O-G-Y.com. And we'll get those posted up there real quick, and you'll be able to even read a manuscript. So I do a manuscript and put it on my website with everything that's said here. So we have our first question. Identify yourself and uh, give us the question. All right. So my name's Davis, and uh, I was curious, how would you go about growing a small youth group? Good. This is Davis. Davis, where are you from? I am currently from New York, but I have lived in China. Davis from New York and China. Wow. Okay, this is awesome. So Davis is asking the question, how do we start a small group? So like the beginnings of a small group. Or build a small youth group? How to build a A small small youth youth group, not small groups. Okay, got it. That's a totally different question. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, Starting a small group uh, at a small church in a small community always begins with leadership development first. You need a team of people, so listen, listen, it's easy to just be like Superman or Wonder Woman in youth ministry and do it all on your own, but you want to be able to develop a team of people, like Superman versus super friends, that whole mentality. Superman has a weakness. Super friends have no weakness, right? Like Avengers, that's kind of pop now. Avengers have no weakness together, but each one of them have a weakness individually. So I would begin uh, with leadership development with that team. Second, I would make sure that my vision for what I want to do with the youth ministry is set in line with the lead pastor, okay? Because that's where you're going to get your resources, you're going to get your approvals, you know, at that deacon and elder level when the pastor is on board with what you're doing also, right? So that would be two things that I would say. Start with a leadership team. Make sure the vision is clear and the pastor understands that. You know, maybe one, let me add one more thing because we have a question coming. I would say visit other youth groups that are smaller and see what they're doing because there's so much to learn from other youth ministries. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the question. We got our next question coming up. Hi, my name is Jasmine. I'm from Ionia, Michigan. So I I know you talked about more of like youth leaders and uh, all that combined, but how would you go about telling about another youth coming from a youth, if that makes sense? Clarify that. I think I'm following you, but I I want to make sure. I am not a youth leader myself. I'm a part of the youth group. You're part of a youth group. And I want to go about telling friends about, you know, youth groups in general or trying to draw them in. How would you come about doing that? Good. As a student. Yes, as a student. So as a student, how do I promote my youth ministry and get others to come there, right? Yeah. Merch. you got to have merch. (laughs) Right? Do we have, okay. Yeah. So Zach, who's from Radiant Students, has merch on. So, I mean, that's one thing. And then what I would tell my students is every Friday to school, wear your merch from the youth group. 
whether it's bracelets or hats or T-shirts, and then make that, like, Friday takeover, you know? Okay, second, pop-ups. I love pop-ups. What you would do, instead of inviting kids, instead of inviting friends to a youth group setting, invite them to a pop-up, a neutral site. Invite them to pizza. Invite them to a ball game. Invite them to the park where you're doing, you know, uh, uh, some kind of game or whatever, you know, an, like a neutral site setting because now I don't have to put on this big youth program. I can do outreach in pop-up settings. Does that, does that make sense? So what helps is I don't have to worry too much about the setting of the youth group. Initially, I can build relationship in the community, okay, through the merch and through pop-ups. Yeah. Social media, that helps big time. That helps big time. Like every youth group should be sharing images for their social media, right? So when Zach is putting together a series, all of those photos or images could be shared on, you know, well, they can screenshot Instagram. You don't even have to, or they can take them off story or whatever. So, but images should be shared because that's where a lot of your promotion can come from. Awesome. Next question. Hey, Pastor Zach. Um, I'm Christine. I'm right here at Radiant here in Richland. Um, and we have five boys. And Pastor Zach has been mentoring uh, two of our boys out of the three for years now. My question is, how does, how do you merge the involvement with parents and the youth pastor to merge together to have the same, you know, vision for our children and so we're not stepping on your toes and you know how do you merge that together oh yeah so we just finished a session that was recorded right so we just finished a session on parenting well one of the topics was parenting was on trends and so let me just give you some of those uh you know in this setting but if you get the uh session for tuesday afternoon 12 30 to 1 30 at at this conference then you'll be able to hear more of it but I think it'd be, again, I'm going to just do two things so we can keep moving. N- number one would be regular, annual, even biannual, maybe two parent meetings every year. Where as a youth ministry, I am me, I'm, me, I'm, I'm meeting parents. So I know parents by name. I know the story, right? I don't just know a student's name. I know the student's story of where they're coming from, what kind of parents that, those are. Um, so I'm having a parent meeting. Within that parent meeting, there's some really important things to do. I think a, a well-programmed parent meeting will help you tremendously in youth ministry, such as a parent spotlight where one of your top parents that's all in shares why youth ministry. Maybe a student spotlight. A student comes that night and the student is sharing, you know, why they love youth ministry or whatever, okay? Second thing. An intergenerational leadership group. So not just parents, but having parents on the team instead of all young adults, right? So I always, always had a grandparent, a grandmother, a grandfather on the team because they added so much to it. Like we're doing, we're doing a dating series and I pull up a teenager that's dating, the two teenagers that are dating, a young couple that had just been married, a mom and a dad that everybody knew, and then a grandma and grandpa. And when it came to the grandma and the grandpa, this is, the grandpa tells a story how he met her 
and he rode across the, the field on his horse to pick her up. <laughs> like, no, I'm serious. And then he, at the end of the story, he looks at all the students and he says, I bet you want to know if I kissed her. He goes, you bet. So it was just a, a moment to have that intergenerational leadership team. Hi, my name is Brenda. I'm from right here in Radiant Richland. Hi, so you were just talking about the intergenerational, which is what my question was about. So I love, love working with the kids, but I feel so disconnected from what what they're into now. Yeah, you know, yeah. you were mentioning the Gen X and the and the Avengers, and I mean, I don't even know what that is. Sorry. How can I? as kind of the grandma, mom yeah, slash, yeah. you know, type. How can I connect Good. with these kids to be able to talk to so them about Bren deeper things? Brenda has a passion for children's and youth ministry. And as a grandmother, she's asking, how do I connect? Well, currency is huge. Follow, follow the students on social media and see what they're talking about, right? Listen to pop radio once in a while to just understand the, the messages that are going on. Take a set of students, I tell youth leaders all the time, take a set of students out and ask them questions. Just ask, take them out to donuts, right? Donuts on me and ask them, what are your friends talking about? What do your friends listen to? Uh, what's the clothing preference? I do this all the time. Like my kids always say to me things like, dad, you're so freaking cool, how come? I said, because I hang around teenagers and I shop at, Forever 21 at H&M, that helps, but, because it's cheap. But the more that you're with teenagers and the more you understand their language and their culture, right? So that would be what I would say. Yeah. I love that, and even in your session yesterday, Jeff, you talked about being a student of culture. A student of culture. Yes, yeah, could you talk maybe a little bit more on that, yeah. even as for some of our I listeners think now? this whole idea of student of culture, if you take it from First Chronicles, okay? First Chronicles is dealing with the uh, 32 is dealing with all of the tribe, tribal traits of Israel. And, and you've heard this before. One of the tribes was the sons of Issachar. And the sons of Issachar were known for this statement. They understood the times. So this would be answering what Brenda was. They understood the times and they knew what to do about it. So I believe that we should be, as youth leaders, God's sociologists. Like we should understand culture like nobody else. It should be a strength of ours. So that's, okay, so what I do, I follow a few, I, I follow Time Magazine. I listen to a TED.com every week. And, and I'll go look under youth. There are teenagers that do TED.com. TED, TEDx or TED Teen, if you've seen those. And you can learn, uh, you know, from students in that setting. Um, also, RSS feeds and podcasts. Listen to other podcasts. Uh, here's a great one. It's Sadie Rob. Sadie Robinson. Many, many of you know her story, you know, from Duck Dynasty fame. She has her own podcast where she interviews teenagers or she interviews youth workers and youth develop. I follow her and I listen to Sadie Rob every week. Every week. So it's crazy. So cool. Yeah. So cool. We got another question coming up. Hello. Um, we have a youth group that's gone through a lot of transitions and a lot of different leaders. So um, what would be a good way to start that, getting the trust issue back Man. up? What's your name? Sharon Shainer. 
This is Sharon, and they've been through a lot of different uh, youth ministry transitions and changes. It's the longevity question. So let me give you two, I, I may give you more. I love this discussion. Longevity to me is all about, first of all, understanding God doesn't change his mind on his call for your life. I've told so many youth pastors who have called and told me, hey, I just want you to know I'm moving on to another position, you know, and they've said, I'm going to go plant a church, and I've hung up on them. I, I have hung up on them, you know. And I, I said to Lee Cummings, the pastor of this church, I said, you know, uh, when my friends move out of youth ministry and go into, why would you take a demotion and be a lead pastor? You know, usually, right. Now, not everybody leaves youth ministry, you know, for the wrong reasons. But I love to trumpet it because nobody really talks about longevity. They're afraid to. As a matter of fact, the national youth director in our movement, the Assemblies of God, he and I were talking, and we tried to name as many 50-year-old youth pastors that were full-time in America. We came up with six. Now, I know there's more, and there's maybe some even in the crowd, right? But we couldn't come up with six. We came up with six who had been in youth ministry over 50. They were over 50 who were full-time. I know every single one of them. So the longevity issue starts with understanding calling. Second, wow, this is really important, and that is reinventing yourself. I know oftentimes, someone said it to me yesterday after the session, man, I'm 35 and I feel like I'm out of touch. That's not the kid's problem, and that's not God's problem. Go to the mall, okay, I flew in, uh, when I was in Kentucky last weekend, I flew in and I had four hours because the flight was, uh, I had a long time to wait before they were picking me up. So I went to the mall. I went to Eastland Mall and I go to the mall and I'm sitting there just watching teenagers. And the, one of the first groups that goes by is about six girls. All six of them are on their phone and talking to each other. Multitasking. They were multitasking. So just getting to know them, go to the mall and sit and watch, you know, the currency issue, that, that, that's reinventing yourself. Because, Zach, how old are you? 25. Zach is 25. Anybody younger than 25 here as a youth pastor? Yeah. Two? Okay. Listen, you are like their peer. You're like the big brother, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But for some, yeah, maybe. You're not, you're not there yet. But I'm then, grandma. yes. Now watch the stages. Because you go from that to then maybe being the big brother, big sister, then the cool aunt or the cool uncle that used to play in a band or, you know, whatever. Then you're like the father or mother to them. Then when you get where I'm at, I'm 57, 35 years in youth ministry, I'm the grandfather in the room now. And that is so dynamic. It's dangerous <laughs> being the grandfather in the room because they can say anything, but... Each one of those stages requires you reinventing yourself to relate to that crowd. And you know, the family structure has been disintegrated, so they need models in youth ministry who have stuck around for a long time and so, reinvented themselves. So follow you, up. Okay, yeah, follow up. Would it be like, so would it be like creating more um, activities in the beginning to get a, 
out there or more theology in the beginning? I know you, I've sat in on both of your um, lessons, but... Um, to create our, the yeah. family part of it? To create people to want to come back to it. Back to the youth, the youth group. group, yes. Okay. Would be that? So how, like attractional youth yes. ministry, yeah. how to create that family. Yeah. Because of the destruction of the family, the more we create family, like you should have so easy signs out front in the youth group and kids are out in the, in the parking lot saying, we saved a seat for you, welcome home. Just the initial response. And I think that will create the, the, the comeback because they're not getting uh, unconditional love at home and they're not getting unconditional love at the school and they're not getting unconditional love from their coach because they have to perform a certain way then they can play but if the youth ministry can give them unconditional love well, they'll come they'll be back an atmosphere of empathy okay what what time do we have we still got a good good little bit we got 10 more minutes yeah, we're great we got 10 more minutes Again, this will all be posted at the, uh, you want to uh, tell us, our, yeah, Zach? It's all yeah. going to be posted on our Radiant Network site with our podcast, as well as Jeff's site, Youthology. Yeah, youthology.com. Yep. Good. All right. All right, we're all good. Can you introduce I, yourself? In, uh, yes, I'm John McLeod from Mechanicsburg right. uh, Christian Fellowship in Ohio. Uh, my question is, I know this is kind of a broad question, but what is your number one trusted recruiting tool for youth and the retention of those youth? Because you can get youth, you can hold them for a little while, they kind of lose interest, and then good, they go away. So your your name you again? What's that? Your name again? John McLeod. John. John. Yes. So John's question is retaining youth. You know, kind of off that last question, getting them back or, you know, building a culture that excites them to come back. And you well, have to recruit because we're kind of a small town with a... Yeah. Medium-sized church, a couple hundred. So he's a small town, medium-sized church, and but they come from all over the county, probably. Multiple counties. Yeah. So uh, some way to recruit those youth yep. to the church. What do, what do you rely on? Yeah. So the, there's two things in growing a youth group, recruiting and retention. Yeah. That's why I said it's so broad. Yep. Like recruiting is one thing, and that, that's work because that takes, okay, healthy youth leaders produce healthy students who attract unhealthy students. So good. Can you say that again? That yeah, was so yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Healthy youth leaders. So not just the, the lead, but my team. Healthy youth leaders build healthy students who attract unhealthy students. And healthy too, but I like to change that a little bit because that's when we talk about growth, we, we ultimately want to grow uh, students who don't go to church. So there's, two, there's two, two ways to grow, recruiting and then retention, keeping the ones that are coming. So think about it this way. If you can just win your church kids, okay? Don't think about the community and the neighborhoods and the schools yet. If you can just win the church kids first, there's the core. They already have a background in theology, even if it's not real strong, right? They've been to the church. They know when to stand up, when to sit down. They're, they're going to be there faithfully, m most, right? So I always tell youth leaders, especially starting out, maybe the, the young man who asks a question on building a youth group from scratch too, or, you know, in a smaller yeah, setting, a smaller, a smaller youth group, yeah. always win the church kids first because I don't want to invite people to a party that's not happening. If, if all I'm doing is inviting 
students in the community to come to my youth group, but I don't have worshipers, I don't have greeter, I don't have hosts, I don't have people that will show up to an event if those kids came the next week. So always building the church kids first okay. before you do the outreach. So build your core. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Yes. Hi, I am Megan from Caledonia, Michigan, kind of uh, 45 minutes up the road here. But um, I have students that trust their leaders with mm -hmm. everything, but they don't trust each other. And they'll say, I, I don't trust my peers. There's just an unsettled feeling you can kind of sense among each other. So yeah. how do I create a safe place among their peers? Wow. Melissa? Megan. 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 Yep. Megan, uh, youth leader, trust issues between teenagers. Like, in the group itself. How, how do we build that? Wow. Oh my goodness. That's like a default. It's sometimes answering questions you have a default to go to. How, uh, you know, maybe you have to develop a series about gossip, a series about trust, a series about, uh, you know what I would do? Here, this is what I would do. One time we had some, a group of students who were uh, fighting. So we did a role play on a Wednesday night. We did a role play about how to solve, how to de-escalate, right? Arguments and stuff like that. And it was so healing in the youth group. So maybe plan a series on our James, the book of James. I think the church here is doing a series on the book of James, our tongue, how we treat partiality. The, James called the sin of partiality. So I don't know what the issues would be between the students, but maybe a series that would be planned that way, and then maybe helping them de-escalate with the kinds of issues that they're facing in the group. Small groups, okay. So breaking them down into affinity groups, small groups, uh, and having that discussion. Because some things you can say publicly, some things you can't, you gotta say privately to really come down on the kids that, that are, maybe pulling them aside, the ones that are the instigators, to help them see how damaging their words could be. Yeah. It's so good. And even you helped. talked about this just a minute ago, Jeff, but even the huge need we have as youth leaders to model healthy family to students, where so many students are coming from broken families that they've never had healthy conflict resolution modeled to them in their own home. So even in our families, conflict resolution, um, in, in your marriage, modeling, what does it look like to have healthy conflict resolution in your marriage, in your relationships, and not uh, be, being okay, being vulnerable with that, not making it look like, oh, we never fight, we never have problems, but say, hey, yeah. I had this problem, but this is how we work through it. I think Good. there's a hunger for authenticity and authentic conflict resolution for younger students. Yeah, 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 because yeah. it can be easy to get into drama yes. in a youth group, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you did such a great job hitting that in this past session. It's talking about family and, and yes. the need for that. But yeah. um, hey, we have another, another question coming up. Hey, Jeff. My name's Taylor. I'm yes, from Omaha. Taylor. I have a goofy question because okay. this is a youth ministry podcast. Yes. What is the worst prank you've had to deal with <laughs> at a camp or a retreat okay. setting? I know we're not the only ones. Okay. Give You're, us in like 30 seconds. Then yeah. I got a deep question. No, 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 no. Okay, so the question is, what is the worst prank you've seen in youth ministry? So here's what I'd like <laughs> to do. Not the worst prank you've done in youth ministry. Not the one I've done. <laughs> no, you've seen and I've then seen. had to discipline yeah, or yeah, yeah, deal yeah. with. Okay, I want two or three of you to come to the mic and share yours too. We got some time. Okay, so if you, like two more of you. Uh, all right, so we're, we have this group of kids at our retreat, and it was in a uh, summer, like a summer setting, 
And we told the students, you, obviously, you can't bring firecrackers and all that, but especially because it was, had been dry. And where we were going, yeah, oh yeah, no, you're already following me. And, but these kids brought their fireworks and all of a sudden the fireworks go off in the morning, right? And there's this sweeping fire out oh behind. <laughs> no, the fire trucks are coming at the campsite we're at. Oh yeah, so the, literally the fire of God was, yeah. So, all right, anybody else? Like a crazy thing that happened in youth ministry. You want to come to the mic and share it with us? Come on. Yeah, go Taylor. Okay, where to start? Um, so I had some of my sophomore boys a few years ago take the billiard balls from the carpet ball. Carpet ball. And they oh. went and flushed them down every toilet they could find. And then here's the best part. So you have to like pop off the toilets, replace the wax wow. ring if you want to. Or those boys, who I love dearly, can stick their hands in there and they fish them out. They could do it. And they did for about two hours. Oh, yes. They didn't wear gloves. I got a parent email. You didn't have another excellent. problem with that bef- after that, I'm I sure. I saved the pool ball, and they're getting it at their senior graduation in two weeks. They don't know. So, There's, so good. Okay, that's good. Okay, did you have another question, too? Yeah, I have a deep question. Yes. So, and I think I might speak for a lot of youth pastors in here. It's pretty discouraging. With the addiction, the depression, the self-harm, yes. everything, man, the anxiety. What will revival look like in this generation? I think sometimes yeah. we talk about revival a lot out of Rise and Shine. Yeah. And I look at my kids and I'm like, Lord, what does true transformation look with your kingdom coming in this Good. generation? In your opinion, what would that look like? Yeah. So Taylor's question is, given the uh, problems and the addictions in this society, what is the next revival going to look like? Uh, there's so much self-harm going on right now. You, you guys know it. You see it. We have to deal with identity. Identity work in youth ministry is not just about the sexual revolution. Identity work in youth ministry is more about calling, mission in life. Why? Okay, answering those questions, why am I here? Right? Uh, where did I come from? So I, to me, identity work is a key buzzword in like youth development, in, in NGOs, non-governmentals, and in parachurch settings, they're using language like identity work. So I think to me, teaching on, if you have a holistic revival awakening message, then identity work has got to be a part of that. Like, why am I here? So when I read of the revivals of old, you know, when, when, we, when we say things like every revival started with, the one thing that every, we, it is, it doesn't matter who's written on revival. The one thing that they will tell you is conditioned in every awakening in American history was repentance. And if you can say it was young people, you can say, you know, worship or, you know, evangelism, but... Every American awakening since the first great awakening began with repentance. And so to me, that's that identity work, helping students understand who they are. So I would say the next revival begins with great instruction. Some of the great preaching in the past was repentance. The, heaven and hell, sanctification, justification. And we don't hear those kind of things anymore. Not in youth ministry, man. So, like, the district youth directors around the country, I will say to them, when is the last time you heard a message on hell at camp? 
and they haven't. I'm telling you, they're like, not until you preach on it, <laughs> you know, because people aren't dealing with that. And yet it's a supernatural topic that this generation loves the supernatural. Like we just said, r- right now, no less than 18 supernatural shows and movies out. This is 2019. This is May 2019, this podcast. There are no less than 18. I counted them this week. 18 supernatural movies and shows out. So because our world is familiar with the supernatural, the church shouldn't be foreign to it. We should be familiar. That's the message of Christianity. And that should reach this generation now. So... That's so powerful, Jeff. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, um, we, we've had some awesome questions today. Yeah. And, and I was just hoping, just before before we uh, finish up today, um, again, for those of you guys that aren't familiar with Jeff, he is a 35-year-old veteran of youth ministry. I know we talked about legacy and sustainability in youth ministry a little bit ago. But if there was a youth pastor listening today that was maybe struggling, that oh, was feeling discouraged, yeah. uh, burnt out, what would you say to them to... Uh, yeah, what, what would you say to them, Jeff? Yeah, uh, last question would be, uh, you know, how, what would I say to someone who's burned out? One thing I've noticed is people that are burned out are doing things that they don't love. If you're doing things that you love, you burn on. If you're doing things that you don't love, you burn out. So make sure that you have a leadership team around you as a youth pastor who's doing the things that maybe you shouldn't be doing. Like if I'm right brain, which I'm right brain, relational, creative, fun. If I wanna have a healthy youth ministry, if I wanna be healthy myself, I need left brain people who are logical, organized. Otherwise, I'm gonna throw a bunch of, I'm gonna throw a car wash event on and there's no towels or soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Has this happened before or? Uh, Yeah. So I need to have people around me that support my weakness so I'm not having to spend so much time on things that aren't my passion because you don't burn out on your passion. Think about that. I know this is a generality. This is a generality. But the ladies in the room here listening to the podcast, you don't burn out on shopping. You don't burn out, uh, right? Men, you don't burn out on going to Buffalo Wild Wings and watching the game. I mean, it's something that we, I know those are generalities, but it's something we love to do. So we have to find areas where we're weak and get a delegation around us of leaders who can do those things. Uh, Second, praying in the spirit. The, man, we don't even talk about this very much. Every morning, I did this morning. Every morning I pray in the spirit. Every, Every night, tonight, the last words that will come out of my mouth at the hotel will be praying in the spirit. And there's something that praying in the spirit does that nothing else can do. Paul even said, when I don't know how, right? This is talk about burnout. When I don't know what to do, I pray in the spirit and the spirit intercedes for me. And I know that not everybody that's listening to the podcast is you know, in that Pentecostal uh, discipline but if you'll read even Paul's writings, Paul deals with the difference between praying in the Spirit and the gift of, the, of praying in the Spirit. There's a difference there. So 
I think that it's important for us as youth leaders to get people around us, okay, that are helping us in our weakness and to pray in the spirit. Spiritual discipline, fasting, prayer, worship. Like, I'll bet if you take a mind poll right now, most of us are not worshiping every day on our own. We worship at youth group and we worship at church. But am I worship, do I have my own personal discipline in worship? I can tell you some of the most moving times in my personal worship weren't with Elevation, weren't with, weren't with Radiant School of Worship, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me alone in my dorm room, in my car, yes. and at home with my wife when she passed away. And the presence was so strong and I didn't need a congregation. Yeah. I didn't need a convention or camp on Thursday night. Hmm, right. So I think spiritual disciplines will help with burnout yes. also. That's so powerful, yeah. I love that. Of raising up leaders that aren't like you, yes. that can carry the load, the work of the ministry, and then tending to your own heart developing spiritual disciplines. Agree. So powerful, Jeff. Agree. Well, um, Jeff, we just want to, just, let's just all thank Jeff one more time. Thank just you. This time. Thank you. Uh, just such a, a powerful time. You know, I just, our prayers that this resource would bless you. Yes. Um, and we'd encourage you, if you want more resources like this, check out Jeff's uh, website, youthology.com. He's truly, he's giving uh, his life to just the, the youth pastor around the country. So if you are burned out, you need more resources, check Good. out his website. Um, and we are just so grateful for this time we've had with him today. Youthology.com, Y-T-H-O-L-O-G-Y.com. I have a 14-year blog there, and if you go to that blog and search a topic, I'll hit it. If I don't hit the topic, you send me a message, and I'll in one month, I'll post it. I'll post so a, some thoughts on that topic. So good. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for your time today. Thank you.